Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. My friends, this is the last week that you can sign up to be part of Podcast U. It will close at the end of June, will open again in the fall. But if you or someone you know has been interested in starting a podcast, please join us and please spread the word because you may not even know if some of your friends have a secret desire to start a podcast. It would be so awesome if you could tell people about this amazing resource. Monica Packer and I are teaching some free classes this week about how to start a podcast, and you can get all of the info at 3in30podcast.com forward slash podcast you. And if you will indulge me, I wanted to share with you the audio version of a promotional video that Monica and I did about Podcast You. This was my first time ever doing anything like this. I had to get a lapel mic and download a teleprompter app, and um, we switched off talking about Podcast University. It was super hard. Like I, I kind of hated doing it, honestly. But I love the way that it turned out, which I think is just goes to show you that sometimes the big things that we go after in life, it is not fun to pursue them while <laughs> while you're in the midst of it. But afterwards, you never regret it. So I wanted to play the audio for you. This is originally a video that you can see online at um, 3in30podcast.com forward slash podcast you. But I wanted to play the audio here for you. And we would absolutely love for you to be involved with Podcast University. Here's a description of what we're all about. Welcome to Podcast University. We are so excited you are here. My name is Monica Packer, and I'm the host of the podcast About Progress. And I'm Rachel Nielsen, host of the podcast 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms. We are passionate about helping heart-fueled women like you build podcasts that will make a difference. Maybe you don't think of yourself as someone with a voice or a story worth sharing. Maybe you are just a normal woman with a little nagging idea for a podcast. Well, guess what? That's where we were too when we started our shows. Neither of us had a big social media following, no business or marketing background, no successful blog or company behind us. And yet in just a few short years, our podcasts have reached hundreds of thousands of people. In fact, we've had almost 2 million downloads between us. But this didn't just happen. We've each put in thousands of hours and thousands of dollars into learning the art and business of podcasting. Now we want to bring you the very best of what we've learned. With Podcast U, through our courses, our mastermind, and private mentoring, you will get direct access to two established podcasters who are totally dedicated 
to your success. We're also both professionally trained educators who taught middle school and high school English for years, and we know how to teach big concepts in the most digestible, memorable, and effective ways. You will save hundreds of hours on researching equipment, processes, and best practices. You'll make fewer mistakes because we will tell you all about ours <laughs> so that you can do things differently. You will learn how to grow your show from nothing to something special that creates goodness in the world and, if you want it, a business of your dreams. You will get the inside scoop on landing all-star guests, hosting seamless interviews, and growing a dedicated community of listeners around your show. You will still have devoted time with your family because we'll share how we balance being dedicated mothers and successful dedicated podcasters. It is possible. We won't hold anything back from you. We'll share all of the best tips and secrets we've learned from our four years combined experience as podcasters. Learn how to start a podcast or grow your show by participating in Podcast View. We offer online courses, small group coaching, and even one-on-one -on -one mentoring. So stop ignoring that nagging little idea for a podcast and let us help you build it into a show that you will love. We can't wait to work with you. So there you have it. What do you think? That'll be the last you hear about Podcast You for a while. So thank you for sharing my excitement about this new venture in my life. And now on to the show. This is a special My 3 and 30 episode. I love doing these periodically because it gives us a chance to hear from more than just one woman. And there are so many women that I would love to feature on the show. This one I particularly built around the theme of summertime and how to have more joy in our summer with our kids. So I hope that you'll enjoy it. And if you want a full list of all of the takeaways, make sure you're signed up for my takeaway sheet, 3in30podcast.com forward slash takeaways, and you'll get all of the takeaways from all of the episodes from the previous month. This is episode 87, My 3 and 30, How to Find Joy with Your Children This Summer. Welcome to 3 and 30 a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Molly, and I am a travel enthusiast and writer of a family travel blog called Exploring Through Life. I am a stay-at-home mom, and my husband works a full-time corporate job, but we manage to travel somewhere at least once a month, and we have taken our two- and four-year-olds to 20 states and soon-to-be 10 countries, including Cuba, all on one income and without any special time off like paternity leave or seasonal leave. We feel strongly about making the most of our time with our kids, and traveling is how we love to do that. Having visited more than 20 countries myself and working abroad, I think my favorite thing about travel in general is being exposed to new things and learning about ways of life that are different than my own. I especially love watching my children explore new cultures and destinations and the totally unique ways that children have of viewing the world and all of its richness. I believe there's no better way to learn and grow than through travel, whether you're venturing 10 miles away or 10,000. Today, I'd love to share some takeaways that will help your listeners to have more meaningful family travel this summer. The first takeaway I have is that a family trip with kids will never look like a trip without kids, and that's okay. As parents, we often struggle with balancing whether or not we are fully experiencing a trip or place, 
while also keeping our kids happy. Did we really experience London if we didn't spend hours wandering the Louvre? That's a question I ask myself all the time. It can be tempting to force your vacation to be something that it isn't, to do the museums or tours that are too long for your kids, or stay out way past their bedtime, even if you know they'll be super grumpy the next day. But in our experience, that doesn't serve anybody. What we have found is that finding a happy medium in your travels is going to make everyone have a better experience. Oftentimes, this means there are things you are going to have to pass on. Art museums in Florence, Michelin-starred restaurants in Paris, or Broadway shows in New York City. This can be hard, especially when travel is expensive and infrequent. Anytime we get a sense of FOMO or fear of missing out when we opt out of an activity because of our kids' ages, we remind ourselves that we are going to have 30 plus years after our children are grown to do those things. We only have this time right now to experience travel through their childlike wonder. And I want to be careful that nobody thinks I'm saying we can't do things with our kids when we travel. Our kids have visited more museums and historical sites than I can count. And I truly believe that kids can rise to the occasion in those circumstances. However, we are really careful to balance their moods, interests, and abilities when we schedule out our days. And we would rather bail out of a tour than to continue when we know that a tantrum is imminent. For example, when we were in Denmark, we wanted to tour Rosenberg Castle. But when the morning came, we knew that our jet-lagged one- and three-year-olds were just not going to survive the tour. So instead, we spent the morning walking the grounds, picnicking and playing in the King's Garden. If you've never played tag in the shadow of a castle or skipped rocks on a moat, you are definitely missing out. It's one of my favorite memories of traveling with our children and far more special to me than seeing anything inside of that castle. My second takeaway is that it's okay if your kids don't remember their trip. One of the most common questions I get is about why we travel with our kids when they can't possibly remember their experiences. It's true that my kids won't remember all of the things that we are doing right now. I understand this hesitation and often grapple with it myself. When you are spending a lot of money to do something with your children, you want it to be meaningful. But I also think that meaning doesn't necessarily belong to just memories. Last year, my family attended the Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta, which is a hot air balloon festival with hundreds of hot air balloons that take to the skies every day. For weeks, that's all my kids would talk about, which balloons were their favorite, how hot air balloons work, and more. My then two-year-old asked about the kitty cat balloon first thing every morning for weeks. I thought he would never forget. But over time, the memories have faded, and they barely remember that trip. But I know that by taking them, I was filling and cultivating their sense of wonder and understanding about how the world works and the possibilities that exist for them. The experiences your kids have while traveling shape their worldview and enrich the way that they are learning and growing. Joy and adventure are not found in finite memories. They become part of your family culture and part of the foundation on which your children's lives stand. Your children might not remember everything that you do, but it will impact them in major ways. Similarly, your memories of your children's travels matter too. I know that when I look back on the early years of motherhood, the trips I'm taking with my children, whether it's Havana, Cuba or Billings, Montana, will be some of my favorite memories. And that is worth it to me.
The last takeaway that I know will improve your family travels this summer is to incorporate things that your children love to do into your vacation planning. When you think about planning your trip, consider the activities that make your children most happy. Do they love riding bikes? Do they love hiking, cooking, or trains? We try to find things to do on our vacations that cater to our kids' interests, in addition to whatever new things we're going to be doing. This will ensure that your children are engaged and having lots of fun. One of our favorite activities that we have done on vacation was taking a family art class in Barcelona. Our kids love art, and it was a really fun way to engage with the culture of the region. In Barcelona, there was a famous architect named Gaudi, and he designed magnificent churches, homes, and public spaces that utilize mosaics as the main design feature. Everywhere we visited and toured was covered in these beautiful ceramic and glass mosaics, and my kids loved pointing them out. So we found a studio in Barcelona that teaches mosaic making, and we spent an entire morning working on mosaics that we were then able to bring home as souvenirs. Our kids love seeing them on display in our home and remember our trip fondly. To recap, my three takeaways are, first, a trip with kids is not the same as a trip without kids, and that's okay. Don't try to force your vacation to be something it isn't. Instead, use your children's sense of adventure to experience places in new ways. Second, it's okay if your kids don't remember everything you do in your travel. Adventure is a feeling, not a finite memory. Third, cater your travels to your children's interests to have joy-filled experiences on the road. If you want to learn more about family travel, you can find me online at www.exploringthroughlife.com where I share travel inspiration, destination guides, and family travel tips. I'm also active on Instagram at Exploring Through Life, and I love meeting new friends there. I hope you have some great adventures this summer and enjoy your kids along the way. Thanks. Hello, friends. My name is Elisa Hunter, and I live in Austin, Texas. I have three children and another on the way. My field is positive psychology, and today I'm going to talk to you about job crafting. Job crafting is the process of redefining and reimagining your job to make it more meaningful. It is designing the job so it's aligned with your strengths, passions, and values. So research supports that people who job craft are more engaged at work, achieve higher levels of performance, and report higher levels of personal resilience. So for example, there was a lady at Walmart who rang up items all day and she hated her job. And she had a strength of uplifting others. So she decided that she would redesign her job um, to challenge herself to uplift every person that came to her register. And as she did this, she started to love her job. Now she was no longer just a clerk, but she would tell people, I'm, I'm not a clerk. I'm a, I'm a happy maker. Um, I am a two minute therapist <laughs> and found great meaning and joy in a job that she had previously hated. So often as a mother, and maybe especially during the summer, moms tend to feel stuck, stuck doing things they don't want to be doing, stuck feeling like they're spinning their wheels and stuck not feeling very purposeful or successful. And instead of sticking with kind of the stereotypical design of our job as moms, we can redesign the job so that it's more in line with our strengths. Motherhood is not a defined job. So you get to decide what your job description is. 
So imagine, you know, putting on a dress and um, just like you would tailor it to make it more comfortable that we need to proactively tailor motherhood to fit us as individuals. So my first takeaway to do this is to identify your value, strengths, and passions. So make a list. What do you value? What do you consider to be most important in this life? What do you do best? What are you passionate about? What do you enjoy? How do you enjoy serving and helping others? If you, if you need help thinking about this, ask friends and family. You can also take a strength test online and um, I'll have Rachel put that in the show notes. My second takeaway is to task craft, and that is to tailor your job as a mother to incorporate more of your strengths. So it's essentially to do more of what you enjoy and less of what you don't. Ask yourself, how can I incorporate more of my strengths into my mothering? So for example, one of my strengths is I love to learn. And so because of this, I decided that I wanted my children and I to learn Spanish alongside each other. And my children are young, and so it's really fun for us because we get to read um, you know, really easy childish books in Spanish, but we're all about at the same level. <laughs> and so something that would have otherwise felt like a should for me um, feels like something I authentically enjoy. And that's the same for watching movies in Spanish and listening to songs and singing in Spanish, that these things that would have felt like shoulds for me all of a sudden become things that I really enjoy because I tied in that strength that I have of loving to learn. So, you know, what is your signature strength? Is it that you're super social, perhaps? Maybe you could give yourself a challenge to, um, connect with a friend every time that you do the laundry or instead of cleaning your house by yourself you could ask a friend to team clean each other's homes or to cook together um and um alongside of this is just to do what you love about your job more often so ask yourself what is your favorite part of being a mother is it hearing your child giggle is it having a more meaningful conversation with your teenager how can you plan more of those moments into your daily routine I enjoy having heart-to-hearts with my kids, Um, and being around all three can be super exhausting, but being one-on-one is more like a treat for me. So to kind of tie this in more into our regular routine, every Friday night, uh, we have a kid date night where my husband and I have one-on-one time with our kids. As another example, when my son was young, I loved hearing him laugh. And so I challenged to make him laugh. I challenged myself to make him laugh every time that I changed his diaper, which made changing diapers uh, much more fun for both of us. Um, So in addition to this is to do less of what you dislike about your job. What is your least favorite part of being mother? Are there ways that you can creatively do less of the things you don't enjoy? I really dislike maintenance. I have minimized many maintenance activities at our house. I keep my son's hair short so I don't have to comb it. Instead of putting my young children in pajamas, okay, don't judge me on this one. (laughs) Um, I put them in clean, comfortable, athletic clothes to sleep in. And then when they wake up, they're all ready for the day. It's the best thing ever. And so just all around, there's less laundry and there's less morning battles. I love it. 
So ask yourself, how can you eliminate or minimize tasks that you do not enjoy? And you kind of have to be creative. Um, there may be some tasks that we may seem as essential to motherhood that just really aren't. So can you eat outside more so that you don't have to clean your kitchen? Can you delegate responsibilities to other family members? Can you exchange tasks with a friend? Um, perhaps you can earn money doing things that you enjoy, like sewing or writing, to spend money and outsource things that you don't enjoy, like hiring someone to clean your toilets. So in order to do this, you really have to let go of trying to do it all. And you have to trust that your children were sent to you because of your unique personality. You are just what they need. See your strengths as your greatest asset as a mother and use them frequently and trust that your children will not only be blessed by your strengths, but also by your weaknesses. It's possible that our kids will flourish, not despite our weaknesses, but because of our weaknesses. So as an example of this, my mom did not like to cook and did not do it very often. Um, but because of that, we kind of had to step up to the plate and the kids ended up doing a lot of the family cooking at a young age. And now we're all pretty good cooks. Um, my sister is now a professional chef, actually. Um, so my, my third takeaway is to cognitive craft. And so if you can't change the action, if you can't change the task, then perhaps you can change the way you think about it. So how could you change the way that you think about something so it's more aligned with your personal values? Perhaps you could change the way that you talk about things or call things. I, um, as I mentioned, I like to learn things. And so I like taking classes. And so when things get a little rough for me, sometimes it helps to reframe my activity as a quote class. I uh, used to get frustrated with the amount of time it took to put my daughter to sleep. And I decided to call this part of my day as my quote, patient's internship class. In my mind, it was a class where my daughter was the facilitator and she would create a life-like simulation um, where I got to practice a skill that I valued, which, you know, was patience. And guess what? Tuition was free. <laughs> so um, seeing bedtime as patience class time um, helped me value the struggle as opposed to hating the struggle. So it was helpful for me to realize that as a mother, there's really nothing that I have to do and that we always have choices. As we give ourselves liberty to choose, we can better understand why we want to do it, do it, and then connect it to, to connect a seemingly mundane task to something we truly value. So, in summary, uh, my three takeaways are: one, to identify your values, strengths, and passions; second to task craft. So to tailor your job as a mother to incorporate more of your strengths. And then three is the cognitive craft, which is basically if you can't change the action, then to change the way you think about it so it's more in line with your values. If you are interested in learning more about job crafting, you can purchase an awesome workbook online. And I will have Rachel put that link in the show notes. As you design motherhood to fit your unique strengths, I hope that you will find increased energy and resilience to let motherhood be your dream job. Friends, have a wonderful summer. Thank you to Rachel. I love 3 and 30. Take care. 
Hi, Julie here. I'm the creator of The Birth Journal, a guided journal for moms to write their birth story. And I'm also a life coach focusing on career pivots. I have a master's degree in counseling and a deep appreciation for growth and personal development. I combine these in my work to help people pivot into careers they actually want to be in. Today, I want to share with you three ways to increase mindfulness in our children. Now, these tips aren't things like having our kids doing deep breathing exercises or taking mindful bites. Those things are great, and I do them with my kids, but these tips are subtle shifts in our behavior and the way we talk as parents. These tips are great for every day, no matter the season, but I especially love them during the busyness of summer. I don't know about you, but I often picture lazy days by the pool when I think summer, but often our reality is that it's a bit busy. It's fun, but it's busy. And these subtle shifts and tips will help increase mindfulness in your kids and hopefully for you too. So here we go. Number one, shift how we talk about time. One night I was reading my daughter a bedtime story and she wanted another one. Let's be real. She really wanted me to read about five more stories. My response was, sweetie, we don't have time. I later reflected on that big time because the truth is we did have the time, but we were choosing to use it for sleep. Presenting time as if it's something we don't have enough of or that time is running out can lead to a scarcity mentality. It can also make us feel rushed, which is stressful. Talking about the moments in front of us as moments rather than periods of time that we're running out of increases presence in the current moment. So instead of saying, we don't have time, we now do our best to say things like, I hear you that you want to read another book, but so that you're not super sleepy tomorrow, we're going to go to sleep instead. For the summer months when play runs later into the evening, we say the same kind of thing. It's helpful for kids to know the why behind time. Their concept of time is not all that accurate anyway, and it's amazing to see that there are times when my seven-year-old recognizes, yep, I think sleep would be good. Number two, talk about the beauty in scenarios, not only when they're perceived to be favorable. Summer weather is a perfect example for this. One day we were walking, and it was, to me, the perfect day. It was about 70 degrees, no humidity, clear blue skies, and a light breeze. I literally sighed and said, it's so beautiful today. And it was. But here's the thing. There is also beauty in rainy days, stormy nights. And I made this shift because I didn't want my kids to think that things had to be perfect for there to be beauty or enjoyment or for them to then be looking forward to something they thought would be better, whether it was better weather or a better park. Looking to something else takes you right out of being mindful. So yes, I still tell them when I think it's beautiful, when the weather is my favorite, but I also make sure to recognize and speak about the beauty in what is generally considered unfavorable. To put this in action, we go for walks in the rain, we talk about how beautiful gray storm clouds are, we talk about the benefits of rainstorms, you can apply this to most anything, but weather and the outdoors is an easy way to start implementing this shift. Number three, model enjoying the ride, not just the destination. A few years ago, we were flying to D.C. for Easter weekend. We packed the car, got on the road to the airport, and my husband and I were feeling pretty good and calm about our trip. 
until we stepped into the airport. The security line was the longest line I'd ever seen. I felt mildly panicked about making our flight, especially with a toddler and a three-month-old baby. I could feel it in my body, and I could see the same panic and stress on my husband's face. A few minutes later, I noticed that my daughter had pulled her hood over her head and was clinging to the handle on her rolling suitcase. She was only about four years old, not even four yet. And instantly I knew she was totally feeding off of our energy shift. Our stress became hers and that felt pretty crummy. So two years ago, we went to Disney and before we left, I told my husband, vacation starts now, not when we get to Disney. And I felt that it was our responsibility to help our kids enjoy every moment, including the line in the airport for security. And the best way we can do that is by modeling our own ease, relaxed vacation vibes, and maintaining our cool. Enjoy the ride. This is all, every single moment is all our life. And of course, there will be meltdowns, tantrums, things we'd rather avoid. But still, I do my best to take all those moments in stride, enjoy what I can, and have a little compassion for myself when I don't quite get there. So to review, my three subtle parenting shifts to increase mindfulness in our kids are to shift how we talk about time and not talk about it as if it's something we're running out of or don't have enough of. Number two, talk about the beauty and scenarios, not only when they're perceived to be favorable. Sunny skies are gorgeous and there's beauty in rain clouds and puddle jumping too. Number three, model enjoying the ride, not just the destination. Our kids feed off of our energy and often we set the pulse of the family. Showing our kids that there's pleasure and joy in the little moments along the way, like the security line or checking out what kind of paper towel the airport bathroom has, which my son loves for some reason, all increases mindfulness. And yes, enjoy the heck out of the destination too. I hope you like these tips. You can find more from me on Instagram at The Birth Journal or online at thebirthjournal.com. And my career pivot coaching lives at jelizacreative.com. That's J-E-L-I-Z-A creative.com. I hope you all enjoyed this and that you have a wonderful, maybe a little more mindful summer. I'm so grateful to these three women for sharing their insights with us about making the most out of summertime with our kids. And I wanted to remind you to go and check out their stuff and give them some love. Our first guest, Molly, talked about traveling with kids and her blog is exploringthroughlife.com. So you can get more family travel tips there. Elisa came next talking about job crafting and motherhood and something that she didn't mention that I wanted to was that she has created some healthy no sugar baking mixes and those are for sale at truetreats.com and I will have a link in the show notes. So if that's something that you want to incorporate more in your family, um, you can go check out her products there. And then finally, Julie Toby of um, The Birth Journal And you can find her at thebirthjournal.com, as well as she does some business coaching at jelizacreative.com. So many talented women in this world working both inside and outside their homes and sometimes doing a little bit of both. And I love supporting them. Thank you. Thank you all for being here and for caring so much about your families. I know summer can be great and these takeaways will help us. And I hope that you have a fantastic week with your family.